Hello everyone! Welcome to the Cinepop Movie Cast. I am Chuck Donyers. And I am Jose Joel Zuloeta. Welcome. We are back with you know, this 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 is some negligence on on I would get I would say both of us. Okay. Because I'm not going to brag about the fact that I saw this in the theater. Because I know how gauche that can be. But I did see this in the theater within uh, two to three weeks of its release. That's, that's, I mean, it's not first day. It's hard for me to do first day. But that was pretty good. That was pretty impressive. So wow, I saw this movie and it was just, you know, this week we have to do this. So uh, Mr. Zulueta said he hadn't seen it, but he was going to see it. He was going to try to see it. I thought I would do a solo show of it. And just never did it. So this could have been discussed at the time of its release in theaters, but you know, balls were dropped. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, it's a horrible thing to to have to own up to, but um, you know, <laughs> that oh, that that that's that sucks. That's that's too bad. But we are here now to take a look at, take a chat about. Black Klansman. This is, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Zuleta, but this is the first Spike Lee movie we've discussed on the show. We've brought up Spike Lee previously. Um, but yes. I, I believe this is the first of the Spike Lee joints. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, this is the last movie. Before Black Klansman? Was it the Sweet Blood of Jesus remake? Sweet the Blood vampire Jesus. film? Which I have not seen. No. Are you serious? He made a vampire movie? Yeah. He did a remake of... Oh. Uh, there was a movie called... A, 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 I think it was called um, Ganja and Hess. I think he... I, I believe he remade Ganja and Hess. Called it Sweet Blood Jesus. Where did you get all your money? That's an impolite question. They're the only ones worth asking. So don't tell me your mother named you Dr. Green. It's very unfriendly. Change is impossible because we're addicted to our society, especially the upper middle class. The United States of America is the most violent country in the world. We're the best in the business. It's a lovely day. I don't like to raise my voice. Dr. Green? If I may say so, you don't look that good. Go away! What are you? I'm an addict. Put down your 38. I can't say I followed 
Spike Lee, but I've seen quite a few of his movies. He is one of the great American filmmakers. He's one of the greatest living uh, directors today. He's uh, made some really wonderful movies. He's made a couple of bad ones, but even his worst movies are extremely interesting. His work movies, like The Inside Man, for instance. I like The Inside Man. I I did too, right. Uh yeah, his work movies. <laughs> I was just like I had the movies where he's he didn't really originate it, but yeah, was um right. Yeah, that's funny though. Uh, Old boy would be one of those. Uh, Black Klansman was as well. He was hired by Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele went to him. Oh wow! And said, "Hey, I have this story about a black detective that infiltrates the KKK, and he wanted to do it." So how funny is that? Because it totally felt like a Spike Lee movie yep. from start to finish. Well, I mean, especially to finish. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait. To well, which that. we, which we definitely had to discuss. <laughs> yeah, Black Klansman is the latest Spike Lee joint, starring John David Washington as Ron Stallworth. He is the detective in Colorado. In a, what was the town? Was it Colorado Springs? Right. You know, when he was first brought in, he's in records. His first job as a detective is to infiltrate a Black Panther event where he goes to see Stokely Carmichael speak. Kwame Turi? Yes. Played by Corey Hawkins. They ask Ron to infiltrate. Since he wants to be a detective, this is his first assignment to infiltrate this uh this meeting and to figure out what this is all about because all they know is there are a bunch of black people gathering at some event and they're you know they're rabble rousers they're troublemakers and they want to know what's going on they want to see what that's all about so that basically begins his career as a detective and then he ends up finding a an ad in the newspaper for a ku klux klan rally and he calls up and mm. pretends to be this racist who ends up he he used his own name. I thought that was really funny. Like that was a major <laughs> that was a major fuck up. Um, <laughs> but he basically ends up involved in this case where they are infiltrating the KKK, and he uses another officer, Adam Driver, plays Flip Zimmerman. He's a a, a Jewish detective. He acknowledges himself as a Jewish person, but he does, he's not practicing. He doesn't wear it on his sleeve. He doesn't even really pay much attention to it. But sure. it's being Ron's avatar through this world. He's had to be exposed to things that he had never really thought about before, especially when uh, certain uh, people think, you know, they, they go hard after the, after Jewish people in this movie along with black people of course but they really i mean it's the jews are controlling the media all this crazy nonsense that people say it plays on a couple of different levels in exploring uh, race and identity things like that mr zuluetta what did you think of this movie sir oh wow it's a it sounds like it's a return to form for spike lee because he really is he really is passionate about the subject um and it got me passionate about it yeah. too this is basically <laughs> this is like the anti birth of a nation yeah 
you know, uh, it's uh, and it's interesting that this movie was original was released into theaters like one year after the Charlottesville protests. Yes, because it's making a really big statement here. I thought this was like really well made, one of the best movies I've seen for uh, from last year. Although I did see this like on. Um, it's like on the, when it came out on streaming it's, it's pretty powerful it's funny i think spike has always had this flair for comedy but that scene when stallworth was talking to uh walter on the phone about joining about wanting pamphlets from the uh kkk that was absolutely hilarious <laughs> i really really like this movie one of the things that I really enjoy about Spike Lee is that he is along the lines of Martin Scorsese. He uses the camera and he puts it in unusual places, has it do unusual things. Yeah. From Mo Betta Blues on, he has like every movie he makes, he ends up doing something. It's, you know, Alfred Hitchcock with the vertigo shot. It's, um, mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg's the walk into a close up that Frank Capra used to do. Sure. Um, you know th- these are signature things. Uh, Scorsese, you know, using the camera like you know tracking up a leg and going down a hall and then stopping on someone's. So you know, like all that that constant camera whipping back and forth, that yes. frenetic energy that Scorsese right. has. Mm-hmm. Spike Lee, you know, Spike Lee's signature is that tracking shot that uh that dolly shot where he has the actor actors on a dolly with the camera in front of them and pulling the camera uh backwards and having the characters ride the dolly mm. uh he's been doing that since mobetta blues that was the first okay. movie that he did. i saw that in the theater i couldn't believe it it was like this guy's out of his mind <laughs> what is he doing <laughs> And uh, other, there, uh, you know, he's he's very funny. He has a he has a his sense of humor comes out as well with his um, with his editing and with his um, with his filmmaking style. There are certain humorous moments that get certain accents. There's like something things that are very much him. Oh yeah, you know which uh, which this movie doesn't have too much of that. This isn't like Bamboozled. Bamboozled was just wacky. <laughs> you know, Girl Six was just goofy he does wacky things but probably is his bamboozled his wackiest movie uh from what i've seen it i it sure is <laughs> it definitely is i want a show that will make headlines the huxtables cosby a genius revolutionary but we can't go down that road again the network does not want to see negroes on television unless they are buffoons have you ever thought about just quitting? I have a contract. The only way I get out of that is if I get fired. And that is what I intend to do. I know you are familiar with menstrual shows. Variety shows. Like in Living Color. Right, right, right. That was dope. Man, tan. The new millennium menstrual show. We're going to need a little more money for this. This could be bigger than Friends, Ally McBeal, even my boys Amos and Andy. Yeah. You're putting white actors in black face. We're using black actors with blacker faces. Hollywood. 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 Hollyw
great show. You won't believe what's coming to your television. Sleep and Eat and Mantan are lazy and unemployed. But we are certainly not saying anything about the entire African-American community. What's sweeping the nation? And what's coloring? The way you see the world. Yo, we can't let this injustice go by, man. Not this time, man. You know what I'm saying? Nah, man. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? about revolution. Go to your windows and yell out, I am not going to take it anymore. I don't want anything to do with anything black for at least a week. It was funny. And, you know, given the plot, I mean, given the premise of, of this one, it could very well have been a comedy. Because yeah. when I read the when I read the description, I was going, "Wait a minute, how does this work?" <laughs> you know, it was like a black guy infiltrating the KKK. Yeah, it's actually a it's actually based on a true story. But um, but Spike had uh, gave it a lot of uh, like dramatic punch to it too. Because um, there are moments in the movies which were like very powerful, like when. Um, Oh, Harry Belafonte makes a uh, an appearance in the movie, and he was talking about the uh, about the uh, young black man who was mutilated, yes, and burned, yes, like that. As like in, in the early twentieth century, that was just very emotional and powerful. Mm -hmm. And he intercuts it with the with the clan meeting too. I thought that was brilliant. You know, that was like on the level of the Godfather in terms of editing. Yeah, um, and it was um, while it was cut with the scene of them watching, the clan watching Birth of a Nation. Oh my god. Was that a frightening scene or what? <laughs> that yeah. was like, that was their entertainment. Yep. And that's, and that's what got them like all motivated and riled up. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of insane that for a long time, Birth of a Nation was called one of the best American movies ever made. Uh, that hasn't happened in a few years. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a time when I mean, when you think about it, it really it's it is the first movie of its kind, the the first kind of uh, assembled narrative motion picture yeah. it's kind of fucked up that it's about the, the rise of the ku klux klan, the ku klux klan. yeah <laughs> it is one of the most racist movies you could ever see i mean it really is even by today's standards it's just like this is this is fucked yeah. up yeah i know it, it really has to be um what do you call it is it, it it's sort of like reading the uh mind Kampf. Yes. You know, it's, you have to, you really have to put this in context. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it is, as like you said, it's, it's, it, it was, uh, it was the first of its kind, you know, it was the first feature length movie. 
and it had like all these uh, groundbreaking editing techniques. Yeah. But unfortunately, the subject matter was very, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not good. Yeah, it's it's insane. Every time I I notice that there are certain people who get up in arms about Spike Lee movies because they say he's a race baiter basically they say he's making these stories just to agitate black and brown folks and get them all upset and riled up and to do what i don't know but that's Mm. (laughs) that's the that's the rationale you know is that these his movies and, and anything like it that address issues like this are nothing more than uh, propaganda for the leftist attempts to uh, squash or or uh, destroy uh, a culture uh, the culture being uh, white culture which i guess one who is inexperienced and ill-informed would hear the premise of this movie and come to the conclusion that it's race baiting i I guess I could see that. Um, But it's like anything else. You hear that kind of loose flip nonsense. And then you actually see the movie and you realize that it's, you know, there's, there's nothing racial or racist about this movie or this story. You know, any, like anything else that deals with racism, it's more about, people trying to exist in a system that is really kind of impossible to to create into a, a, a into a a feasible and workable reality you know the idea that there is one race that is superior or you know one race that is superior to all others and that everyone else needs to adhere to that and believe that. And it really, I mean, it, it just doesn't make sense. It's a nonsense concept uh, to assume that. And that's what movies like this try to take a look at, just how people deal on, on both sides for whatever reason they believe what they believe but how do these stories talk about how how people deal with it and how they manage it with this in a society that is constantly changing but some aspects of it have remained the same it's difficult it's a difficult conversation to have for certain people it's a difficult thing to talk about i think something like this especially the concept of this movie it takes a a pretty heavy subject and heavy topic and it puts a more of a, a a human spin on it this is not propaganda this is a story this is a story about uh people who are stepping out of their comfort zone being comfortable with who they are um speaking truth to power you know, being on the right side of history, uh, not making assumptions about what you see and what you experience. Having said all of that, and that's a that's a fucking lot to say <laughs> about <laughs> nothing. Um, you know, I, I thought that uh, Black Klansmen, especially 
by the time you get to the end of this movie. This has one of the most, and again, you know, with this being a Spike Lee movie, you are waiting for, as if you're a Spike Lee fan, you're waiting for his tricks. You're waiting for all of his cool little shots and all that stuff. And he managed to go through the whole movie pretty much without doing anything too crazy. But I saw in the preview, like they don't, they do. He does one of his tracking shots in this. He does one of he does one of dolly shot. It doesn't come until the end of the movie, and it's one of the best yeah. parts of the whole fucking movie. You know what? I'm I'm going to um I'm going to renege on that. I'm going to go back on that last comment that he didn't really do anything wacky during the Kwame speech. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. You remember the scene during the Kwame speech when he was talking about uh, black people perceiving themselves on their own terms versus what everybody else thinks, mm-hmm. and it was cutting to the you know all of these uh, shots of it looked like someone was using the portrait feature on the new iPhone. Uh-huh. You know, it kind of blurs yes. and blacks out the background, and you just left with the face. Sure. Oh, oh man, that was. Yeah that was awesome that was that was great yeah that was you know creative uh, uh spike lee doing his his thing you know I, I thought that that was a great sequence i also sure love and again thinking that spike lee is this hardcore militant and he's only making race-based movies in I, I would say not definitely definitely not in every movie but in some of his movies he he shows his sentimental side a little bit oh and which which in, part in this movie it was the house party that they, no they weren't at a house party they were at a bar hmm. and they all danced to the song um it's too late to turn back now that was one of my favorite parts of the movie oh sure it, sure. And uh, it's very much like, um, was it Crooklyn, where the kids were singing along to the Partridge family? Oh, gosh. I don't remember Crooklyn too much. Yeah, you see, we're, we're, we're big Spike Lee fans here <laughs> on the Cinepop movie cast. I do remember the part with RuPaul dancing in the uh, grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's outstanding. Give me credit there. Well, okay, yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Knock yourself out with that credit. Hey, everybody, this is Chuck Kinders from the Cinepop Movie Cast. Now, if you like alternate realities and alternate universes and parallel universes and time travel and things like that, then I've got a story for you. It's a series called the World Time Diaspora Trilogy. For those of you who've listened to the show before, you've heard me talk about my book, The Maximilian Emancipation, and the sequel is World Time. This is all part of my series, my three-part series called the World Time Diaspora Trilogy, which starts with The Maximilian Emancipation, and that follows the story of what happens when three African slave ships that travel from the 18th century all the way to the 21st century and appear off the coast of New York and New Jersey in the year 2041. A fellow named Maximilian Oroco is brought in as an African language specialist and discovers that he has a connection to this event more so than he could have ever possibly imagined. Now in the book World Time, we follow the great, 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 great grandson of Maximilian Oroco named Davis Oroco. Davis Oroco is a man who 
in the 27th century has discovered time travel and attempts to use it to alter history. But as you know, when you mess around with changing events in time, it almost always leads to bad consequences. Not only are both of these books available right now in digital and paperback, there's also a free short story available called The Myth and the Terror, which is a direct tie-in to both stories in a way. It's involving a character from both stories, but it's more of a tie-in to world time. You can still get something out of it if you've never read the books. So you get a free short story. All you have to do is visit my website. If you enter stopslaverywithtimetravel.com, you'll get all the information that you need. You'll find the short story. You'll find links to my books, The Maximilian Emancipation and World Time. My blog is there. This podcast is there. So everything you could possibly want from this little universe, our little multiverse, you'll find right there. So that's stopslaverywithtimetravel.com you can also find me on twitter at this is chakon that's this is c-h-a-c-o-n you can also find me on instagram at c conyers jr that's c-c-o-n-y-e-r-s-j-r and last but not least this podcast also has an instagram account so you can go to cinepod moviecast that's c-i-n-e-p-o-d-m-o-v-i-e-c-a-s-t on Instagram, and you'll find us there too. All that great entertainment available for you. So check it out. Now back to the show. We can really dissect this movie and get into the nitty gritty of it all. I don't know if what we're going to say is necessarily going to be of service to that especially okay. for this movie especially unless there's yeah. anything in particular that you wanted to talk about uh, um, other than the, the ending which is I think you could spend an hour talking yeah. about the end of this movie uh, but I because I think the ending is the most important thing I mean and imagine that imagine having an end of your movie be that like <laughs> It elevates everything you saw before it. I mean, imagine... Do you ever think, Mrs. Uletta, that there would be a filmmaker today that understood that your ending should be the best thing in the whole fucking movie? <laughs> yeah. But there have been uh, movies where it's like a little too late for even fantastic endings. But uh, but I have to say, like the ending to this thing was, was interesting. Let me put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, I've got it here. No, and you're not going to leave it on the table like that. Oh, no. No, you're going to no. explain what you mean by... Uh, that was a very uh, very lukewarm, Mr. Okay. Zuleta. Okay, well, who wants to go first? <laughs> no, I want you to go first. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. It's, okay, well, here, obviously, I'll be very direct about it. Oh, please. You know, I think this would have been a perfect movie had they ended the movie with the cross burning. Because that chilled me to the bone. And, you know, mm. I got the point already <laughs> because that shit is still going on yes. today. Yes. Um, I think Spike kind of like went over the top by, um, by putting scenes of uh, like what's happening today in the news with uh with trump and the um and charlottesville and because i i 
personally didn't think that was necessary because I already got the point. I thought it was, uh, I, I thought that was like just a bit much for me. Really? So even the fact that it goes back to David Duke, I mean, I think that that's the tie-in between Charlottesville and Trump is that David Duke is still to this day saying the same shit, doing the same shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I got that. I understood it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, maybe some other people may not understand that. So. No, I, but you know, I think that when you talk about history and, and historical figures and things like that, the being able to is talking about the seventies to a certain generation you know, we both remember the 70s. I mean, we were both kids, but we both, yeah, you know, I remember the 70s. My son, my my daughter, you know, um, people in their 20s, people in their 30s don't know shit about the 70s mm-hmm. other than what they see on TV or whatever. So I think that, especially when you're talking about this, problem this um, problem of the Ku Klux Klan and using race as a terror tactic and and all those things that the movie was about to show it in a modern day parlance I think does it an even greater service especially to an audience that doesn't understand or does not have a through line to relate to things that were happening in the movie so Charlottesville was that kind of linchpin or the that connect that that bridge between the the previous generation and this generation mm-hmm. to show that the same battles are still going on mm-hmm. the same bullshit mm-hmm. is still going on the same motivations the same fact like all it's the, nothing's changed mm-hmm. and there are innocent people being killed because of this ideology, this mental illness, whatever you want to call um, any kind of racism or bigotry or anything like that. And not only is it still going on, but there are people who are losing their lives over it. And to show this, so I guess she thought the flag was a little much. <laughs> okay, I think Spike has a problem with subtlety. <laughs> okay, you know, and that reminds me, I think that's... Uh, that's like the one small thing I didn't like about Bamboozled was when yep. um, I remember when Damon Williams had was like he was all dressed up in I mean it's, he had the, that makeup on yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, but I guess that's Spike for you right um, <laughs> what you but, didn't get it let me get this two by four <laughs> and I can pound it into you now do you get it. <laughs> okay, let me back this truck up into you. Okay, now do you get it? <laughs> but I have to say though, it's like uh, the rest of uh, Black Clansman is so good. I'm willing to overlook this. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm pretty generous, aren't I? But, uh, well, yeah, to say I, the I least, think that's Mr. the only problem I have with the ending. Um, you did not like the ending. No, it's, no, it's, 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 I just wish they ended it with the uh, with the. With you the thought, cross burning, yeah, it would have been perfect for me. Yeah, so like but that's me. Steven Spielberg with AI. This went on <laughs> just a little too long. 
the movie, when the movie should have ended, it um it decided to um go twenty thousand years into the future. Oh man! And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if you're being sarcastic or not. <laughs> oh AI! Oh my God! Oh I I remember getting my stuff together because I thought, oh that's it, the movie end. When when <laughs> David was trapped under the under the um the Ferris wheel. I yeah. thought I thought that was the end of the movie. I okay. thought this is beautiful. I can't believe I'm getting my stuff together. Yeah. Getting, and the camera's pulling back and the narrator comes in and and the power eventually died and the battery died and there was darkness. It's getting fading yeah. back and it's go I was like this is this is one of the best movies he's ever made. This is beautiful. Right. And then it said, and even 20,000 years later. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. And then it fades back in, and then it's you're in a future yeah. where uh, it's frozen and the World Trade Center's still there. And, um, yeah, and, and um, there are um, high-tech robot things that cut through ice and... Oh, okay. That... Yeah, I think that was Spielberg's contribution. Oh, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I prefer the Kubrick ending. Yeah. I like the cast. The cast was great. The guy who played Ron Stallworth, he's actually the uh, the son of Denzel Washington, That's which right. I did not know. That's right. Well, he looks just like him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's gonna be. He's gonna be a big name. What did you think about the opening of this movie? With... Oh, with Alec Baldwin? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That was so funny. <laughs> what an idiot. Yeah. And, he's, and he's like, uh, and it's probably no accident that, the, uh, that Spike chose Alec Baldwin, the guy who plays Trump in Saturday Night Live all the time. So... Yeah. There's, you know, there's like a lot of uh, anachronisms in this movie. Come to think of it, you know, they, um, it's like in the locker room scene with Adam Driver and um, and, and they they were talking about like uh, their favorite uh, black uh, black celebrities, and then they're talking about basketball players. Oh yeah, yeah. And then they said, oh well, I really like O.J. Simpson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess Spike could have like included like Bill Cosby or someone else. Yeah, but... and um, I, you know it's it's funny. There's there's sometimes like I'm not I'm not a fan necessarily of of those types of you know those kind of ham-fisted historical references, but mm -hmm. but I don't know. It was funny. It it yeah. was funny. <laughs> and they made several uh, Make America Great references too yeah that's an in old... the scripts which is great i was like yeah there's an old um that, that's an old uh slogan that's been around for a very long time there are photos of the clan march in the 1930s down the, um the streets of washington dc down the down the mall in front of the um in front of the um what is that called the, the spire what is that called the, Washington, uh, Monument. Washington Monument. Yeah, they, they have banners, you know, just like in every parade, there are banners, 
And they had "Make America Great Again" written on that banner. Holy cow! So it's a it's an old slogan. You know, there were some political commentators saying that 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 was very much a dog whistle. That the, it was a slogan that the Klan used to use and white supremacists used for you know for decades. Wow. Either that, or it's an incredible coincidence. Well, you know what Ben Franklin said about. German immigrants. Mm, what did he say? Well, they they were a scourge. They, you know, the the the, the countries being uh, uh, invaded by this uh, group of swarthy, uh, lazy, <sighs> ignorant people. Um, this is what he said about the Germans. Ben Franklin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben Franklin. So the father of our nation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, ask Thomas we Jefferson. We are dragging Ben Franklin down. Oh hey, ask, ask Thomas. <laughs> ask Thomas Jefferson about slavery. Hey, we'll have some very interesting thoughts to share with you. Oh god! Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but, but, but you know, we we uh, we we have a very complicated history in this country, and um, there's still to this day people who have a very difficult time talking about these things in an honest way there are a lot of people who take the issues brought up personally you know this is it's a very difficult thing to discuss and i think what spike lee does is that he tries to do it in a way that he tries to educate as well as entertain that's what I that's ultimately what he's trying to do and uh, and it's difficult I mean there are some people who just don't who will just disengage immediately because they think that this is this a movie like this is just going to make white people look bad and this is not about white people looking bad it's about racists being bad and mm. you know not every white person is a racist and Believe it or not, there are some black people who are racist. There are some Hispanic people who are racist. There are, you know, races, this is a very, very complicated issue. Now, when you're dealing with slavery and all that stuff, that that's generally, by and large, a black and white issue. But when you talk about racism, by and large, in this country, it's a very, you know, the, the people who are on the... Uh, who are on one side of the equation uh, in have no problem talking about it because it directly affects them. And then there are people who are on the other side of that equation who don't like talking about it because they don't want anyone thinking that they are like that, and which is weird. And just talk about it then. It's not a big deal. If, if it's not you, if you know this is not you, then don't worry about it. Don't get so upset. But some people do. Mm. So, Spike Lee, um, filmmaker, writer, race baiter, um, <laughs> uh, Academy Award winning screenwriter. Yeah, congratulations on his first uh, non-honorary Academy Award. That's right. And it's a, it's a bummer that, I mean, look, uh, we can talk about the Oscars a little bit. Uh, I, I will say that um, I think Roma won too many, if I'm going to be frank. <laughs> and I <God>. think... 
we're stopping this podcast right now. <laughs> no we're not we're gonna keep going <laughs> uh not only that but i do believe that um spike lee had the um he should have won best director uh i think that, that i think that he was robbed giving it to him for screen i mean they were gonna give him some they 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 were gonna give him something but I think that director would have been the thing to give him. Mm. Um, and it's not to say that Alfonso Cuaron is not a good director. He is a good director. Yeah, he's good. But <laughs> um, I just think that um, I you know, and it's hard to do. I mean, you're judging two completely different types of movies that require two different types of, uh, of uh, directing styles. Mm-hmm. You have yeah. two directors who who put themselves. Who basically they're 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 both very visual directors. Um, I just thought that, and you know, this is you you know, look, Children of Men is one of the greatest science fiction films ever made. I don't care what you say, Mr. Silhouette. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. It is a wonderful movie, and it is very well directed. And it's visually stunning, and he does amazing shit in it. It's, it's outstanding. Yeah, okay. Is, is Roma that good? Not, no. I, I thought Children of Men was... Uh, Infinite, like if this was if it was if it was Children of Men versus um, Black Klansman, then I I would say yes, he deserved the he deserved best director. But Roma compared to Black Klansman, eh, I I I just thought that Spike did the better job. I know that Black Klansman is yeah. not as personal as Roma is, and there's a certain gravitas in. And, and work that has a, a really kind of personal connection to the director. Um, but so does um, Black Klansman in a way, just not... Oh, yeah. Just personal in a different way, not, you know, personal as in this is my story, but personal as in this is uh, an experience that uh, some of us in this country have. Yep. Which isn't a bad thing at all, but... Um, uh, I thought that he just—I thought that he deserved to win best director. Okay, interesting. So um, once again, the Academy fucks up. it's—it's <laughs> uh, it's not a perfect system by any means. I'm—I'm I'm very curious about this now, having heard your assessment of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what score do you give? My Black final Lansman, score. Your final oh, score. Okay. Sir. Yeah, I I have no problem giving this a nine. Wow! It really is a superb movie. Uh, it's funny, it's powerful, uh, it's moving, and uh, and it has an important message there. You know, it's like it's talking about like how Nash is it. Uh, it talks about the dangers of. Uh, nationalism or really white nationalism um i'm not even sure if there's such a thing as good nationalism but um yeah i i I thought it was like a superb movie 
Yeah, not, yeah, and it's funny. Not only the um, not only the ideology itself, but also the weak-willed, weak-minded people who find who follow it blindly, and get themselves into all kinds of stupid situations. I mean, the lady that um, the housewife—I can't think of her name. Connie. Connie, yes, Connie. I mean, blind utter and complete devotion for this nonsense it's uh she's an empty vessel without this ideology filling her up and that goes for yeah. a few of those guys i mean especially the really dopey one. Oh yeah i forgot his name i, I think his name is ivanhoe yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, it, it, these are just aimless, witless people who really have no purpose or had no purpose until they discovered the organization, as it's called. They have no worth and they have no value other than this myth that they can wrap themselves around and and um used to condemn and judge and um terrorize other people who are not like them it's pathetic sad and so i give scary. this movie a two and here's why no, i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> okay i damn near dropped my phone so <laughs> <laughs> No, son, no, I do not oh, give it a two. Man. That was a joke. But you're um you're right, Mr. Zuluata. And you liked the movie a lot more than I thought you would. So Oh yeah. I liked it a lot. So that's that's fantastic. I'm going to have to uh equal your assessment <laughs> with a nine as well. Okay. I wanna give this movie a ten, but it's not I'm not feeling like it's a ten. Okay, interesting. Uh, we haven't talked much about what you didn't like about this movie, so. Well, to be honest, there's not a lot that I don't like about this movie. I, I, I mean, it does lots of things right. Mm -hmm. Does it meander in parts? Maybe. One thing that comes to mind is the scene where they're laying in bed to Connie and um, the other else that guy's name oh that guy oh felix, felix. yeah yeah when connie and felix are laying in bed talking about uh you know the the white future mm -hmm. that was a little you know we didn't need to drive I mean, the, the scene with her bringing in the hors d'oeuvres at the party and then spouting off about spouting off some white nationalist stuff that was enough for us to get the idea of what she's about in, in, mm. you know. okay i just thought having the two of them in bed talking about it uh, was a little much we didn't it wasn't much as far as like oh my god i'm like clutching my pearls this is horrible but too much in that, <laughs> you know it's, it's a little too much time invested in something that we already understand Gotcha. Other than that, other than little moments like that, I mean, it, it kind of slows things down a little bit. Okay. Moments like that for me, anyway. Right. But 
this was a a great this was a great movie and also uh we have to mention photo op it's the terence blanchard score that basically opens up the end of the movie that's that's the tracking shot through to the burning of the cross and then into the charlottesville footage the trump footage all that stuff that's the song that plays throughout Spike, this is one of Spike's, just like his shots, uh, this is a signature song. He's used this several times in movies, this song. Uh, he used it in Inside Man. He used it in When the Levees Broke. He uses this piece of music quite often. And it's it's a great piece of music. I love it. I, I think it's really dramatic and um, it's kind of classic almost classic film scorey sounding mm-hmm. you know it's a it's a really uh, it's a it's a really cool and, and powerful song and it always it's, it's one again it's one of those things that makes Spike Lee Spike Lee when he brings up one of the he brings that song into it mm-hmm. you know yeah. so it almost um it's like every director, you know, they have their, you know, um, Quentin Tarantino is the same type of director. Uh, to a certain extent, Kevin Smith is the same type of director. They have worlds or universes that, that all of their characters inhabit. And, mm-hmm. you know, Spike Lee has been known to bring in characters from other movies, like cops and things like that. He'll bring them through to other movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of within the same universe. You know, people have the same slogans and catchphrases and all that stuff. All right. So those are things that very much that he owns in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, if anybody else were to use photo op, it would be like, oh man, they stole that from Spike Lee. Even though you know, I'm sure anybody mm-hmm. could use it technically, but that's that's a Spike Lee thing. Yeah. Is that it, sir? Uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty much it for me. Remember, if you are like me, uh, a, a black person, you're required by law to see a Spike Lee movie in the theater. So, <laughs> um, I've missed a couple of them, so I'm probably going to get written up for that. Oh my gosh. But, um, that's yeah. Bad. So do your civic duty. <laughs> <laughs> And that's it, kids. So thank you for listening to the Cinepod Movie Cast. I am Chuck Conyers. And I am Jose Joel's Luetta. Peace out, everyone. My mama told me, she said, son, please beware. Of this thing called love, and it's uh, everywhere. This little woman, I feel it's happened to me.